0: Welcome to our Sunday morning segment of the Grace Chapel podcast. If you would like more information about Grace Chapel, visit their website, gracechapel.org.au. There you can find more materials in growing your identity in Christ. when you have a surprise happen at your place, and we've had a surprise happen, and Perry's going to <coughs> show us what one of the... Can you see? See this? Magpie. No, it's not. It's, it's not. It's a It sort of is, but it's a magpie <laughs> lark or a peewee or a mudlark, yeah. and they've built their nest in our just out the back. And that's a picture I took of them. Yeah, and it's amazing. I've discovered a bit about them. There's a a male and a female, and the two of them, before they can set up their nest, they have to build their house. Like this. Now you imagine all of that stuff has to be carried in a beak, And put there bit by bit with grass in between to make it all nice and strong, and uh, uh, and they built that. Isn't that pretty nifty? And um, the magpie lark, they they actually the pairs stay together for life, pretty much. You know, there's some things that doesn't work, but mostly that's what happens uh, with them. So they work. Flat out, and then of course, uh, and then they ha- lay their eggs, and the the nest inside is um, as they put feathers in there to make it nice and comfortable, and uh, uh, and the two of them, they take it in turns of sitting on the nest, so they one will go off and get food, and then the other one will come, and and they're pretty spunky little birds as well. They Uh, And uh, ours are, well, now, I think there's young there because I see them coming and they're feeding feeding something. I haven't actually seen them just yet, but uh, I think that's happening. Perry's got some more photos. Uh, There's another one. Uh, And um, now, the other... Interesting thing I found out by reading a bit was that their call, you know, when we call them a peewee, it's because of their call because it, it sounds like, a, I'm not going to do it, but it's, very, it's a very high-pitched sort of a sound and, uh, and that's what the sound of their call is. And actually, it's not just one bird doing this uh, call, it's a duet between the two of them. So when you hear the call, it's, uh, it's the two of them. One has one note and the other one has the other. And, and those that have studied it carefully, uh, that's, what, that's what they do. To, uh, uh, with their There he is. Uh, and the female and the male are different. Their markings are a bit different, so I'm not quite sure. I think that might be the male one. Uh, and uh, then... Then, of course, uh, Perry's got another one there. You get, this isn't ours, but it's, uh, it's what happens, you know. And uh, they have to sit, um, hatch, it takes um, about, I think it's 18 days for them to hatch out. And then they, the birds actually stay another three weeks. While the feathers grow, and then Mum and Dad push <laughs> off. You go. <laughs> I've done my bit. It's up to you now. <laughs> so, uh, so that's what happens with them. Isn't that amazing? And uh, who taught them to do all this? Do you think? It's just been up my conversation. And. I think they've probably been making the same nest for several hundred years. Yeah, probably. Yeah, exactly the same design. So who taught them that design? And this is what you do, boys and girls. Yeah, well, we don't know, do we? It's just an amazing thing that uh, God has done and, and our, our world is actually full of that kind of amazing things. And so, uh, so I, yeah, I was really because I love uh, seeing seeing all these sort of things happen uh, and it's fantastic. Thank you, Perry. Uh, now um, now I want to say that do you know you and I build down this too? Have you ever thought of it like that? By what we do, we build or destroy our nest. Okay, <laughs> we've got choices to make. Each one of us have choices to make in our lives, and uh, and we can be either building or doing destructive things in our household. Uh, Sue and I know of a couple of people, and we're praying for them, but they're being destructive in their households, you know, uh, to their family. One's a lady, she's not being real good with her family, and all those around them, around these two people are feeling uncomfortable and they're hurting because of what these two... They're not local here, but uh, this is happening. Uh, And uh, both of them, these two people, are both are, are pretty well off, very well off. One's a multimillionaire, uh, but they're they're damaging their family. All so we've got choices, you see. So we can be either be building our nest well, or we can be sort of damaging it. And uh, actually, Jesus talked about it, uh, and in Luke chapter six. Uh, reading from verse 46, he talks about uh, this. So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? He says. I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. It is like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundations on solid rock. When the flood waters and uh, rise and break against the house it stands firm because it is well built. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house without a foundation. And when the floods sweep down against that house It will collapse into a heap of mush or ruins. Yeah, and that's what uh, happens. So we've got choices in our lives about how we do stuff. And the choices start from quite young. You know, when a little fellas, you know, or girl is just one, they are starting to. It's starting to be their characters already being developed and uh, we as parents of course have responsibility for all that and uh, and it doesn't stop when our kids are 10 15 20 or 30 or 40 <laughs> we're still parents you see and uh, and we've got uh, we've got inputs that we can put into into our kids lives into the families that and that's our that's our nest that we're building, isn't it? So, uh, and we've got choices now. Uh, in uh, uh, Isaiah 54, it says, uh, Isaiah 54 and verse two, it says that we should extend our house, or extend our tent, in some versions. Uh, Enlarge your house, it says in Isaiah 54. Build an addition. How about an addition? You know, a couple more rooms. Yes, we need a couple more rooms. <laughs> <laughs> uh, spread, spread out your house and spare no expense, it says, for you will soon be bursting at the seams. Your descendants will occupy other nations and resettle The ruined cities. And uh, fear not, for you will no longer live in shame. Don't be afraid, (coughs) there is more, there's no more disgrace for you. Extend your house. Now, each of us have the option of extending, and I don't mean by building new rooms, actually, I mean by building new friendships and connections with people and I love doing that, and I do it quite a lot. So I talk to people uh, on the phone, in the street, all sorts of places, and that's building my nest because I've got these connections with all sorts of people. I know about their lives and what's happening in them. And you've got the choice of extending your house, your nest, your Area of influence as well by the choices that you make each day, uh, and it happens decision by decision. Now we had an example of what building a nest might look like uh, just recently. Sue was telling me about this lady she met, uh, and she just turned 90, and. Uh, Her family put on a special uh, thing for her. Uh, It was uh, a uh, uh, a high tea, and uh, so she was 90, and the whole family got together and they worked out who had the biggest house. So they found a big room and they put in a long table like the Queen has and uh, they hired a crockery set you know, Royal Dalton sort of stuff uh, special stuff for her and uh, and then they got all the silverware they could get their hands on and, uh, and they got nice flowers and they got and she was just excited, you know, because they'd done all this for her. But I was thinking, how did that all happen? Because that doesn't happen that often, does it? Well, actually, I think that she'd been building her house for a long, long, long many years, and this was the result. She only had a couple of her close friends. The rest were all her family. And I believe that she had gradually built her nest by the things that she'd done in her life. What do you think? Yeah, I reckon so. Uh, And we can do that uh, by our connections uh, with, with people. Now, the scriptures tell us very clearly that God wants to bring blessing into our hearts and into our lives. And in Deuteronomy 28, it's got a little passage. If you've got your Bible, you might like to follow it because it's actually a good one to keep, keep there and uh, maybe read it again some other time. Uh, so Deuteronomy, at the beginning of your Bible, In chapter 28, it says, If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all his commands that I am giving you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the world. You will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. Your towns and your fields will be blessed your children and your crops will be blessed the offspring of your herds and the flocks will be blessed your fruit baskets and bread boards will be blessed wherever you go and whatever you do you will be blessed the lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you, they will attack from one direction and they will scatter from you in seven. The Lord will guarantee a blessing on everything you do and will fill your storehouse with grain. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he is giving you. So he's giving He's given us a plot, hasn't he? You know, where we live, an area. And uh, he's given us families and friends and connections. And he wants us to be a blessing uh, in all of these particular and different ways. Isn't that a, a great passage of scripture? It's good. It's a good one to just, there's more. You can read down a bit further. Uh, and it encourages us in the way that God uh, wants to touch our lives and encourage us. Uh, now, how do we get this thing starting to happen in our lives? That's the, that's the key thing. And uh, in Matthew chapter 5, and I'm not going to read a lot, but Matthew chapter 5 and it's a section called the Beatitudes and that word Beatitudes actually comes from a Latin word and I'm not going to pronounce it but it's, it's fairly similar and it and that word, the Latin word means supreme blessing. That's what it's to, and Jesus uh, in the Beatitudes give us, gives us the keys as to how to get blessing into our lives but I'm only going to Uh, talk about one of these just briefly this morning and uh, that one is verse 5 and it says and this is the first part of the way of getting blessing into our lives. Uh, It says God blesses those who are humble for they will inherit the whole earth. Now, what do we think about when we talk about being humble? You see, that means uh, we're open to hear uh, and for God to speak into our lives and say to us stuff. He'll talk to us, and sometimes He'll confront us and say, Now, this part, I want you to deal with that. I want you to change it. I want you to do something different. and he will actually confront us. Now, if we're humble, we'll listen to that voice. We'll say, oh, yeah, there's something in there. And we'll listen and we'll do something. And you know what that means? That next word is called repentance. Because if we're humble, we will repent, we will change, we will do something different. If we're not Humble. We won't do that. We'll say, "Oh, I'm okay. I'm doing all right. Look at me." You know, we'll live a different sort of way. So, humility is the key that opens the door to repentance that brings blessing. Uh, there's a uh, this author, David Hoke, has written this, and it's very, very good, very true. And he has written that repentance precedes the blessing of God. A lack of repentance shuts off the power of God. There will be no revival or renewal without repentance. And there will be repentance, there will be no repentance without godly sorrow. That means, you know, godly sorrow is when Uh, When he touches our heart and he says, I want you to change, and then we listen and we actually do something about it. And we don't go into depression or anything like that. Uh, We handle it well and we, we say, well, yeah, we need to change. Show me, show me, Lord, how do I change? How do I deal with this particular thing? Until we come to that the place where we truly mourn our sins, we will never see the hand of God revealed. And then he goes on to say, the great thing is that when we show that godly sorrow and repent, God comes in and he comforts us and he encourages us and he supports us and he lifts us up and... Uh, and then that whole work can uh, happen in our hearts and in our lives. Now, there's a contrast to that. Uh, And the contrast is how the world looks on life. And it's absolutely the other way around. It's without any humility and it's without any repentance. And uh, uh, there's an atheist philosopher Uh, whose name is Frederick Nitsky. This is what he said. Now, you listen, because this is the opposite, the absolute opposite, you see. And he said, assert yourself. Care uh, for nothing except yourself. Right? Uh, And he says, the only vice is weakness, you know, giving in. You know, battle, go, you know, Break anyone down that disagrees with you. Uh, That's what he's saying. Uh, And the only virtue is strength. Be strong. Be a superman. Uh, The world is yours if you can get it. Right? So that's the opposite, isn't it? Yeah, but, but this worldly view sneaks in, you know? Sneaks into our hearts and our lives. So... We, uh, we get that message played over and over and over. Every time we listen to the TV or radio or read a newspaper, that message comes through uh, and it's uh, common and it's causing our country great trouble uh, and people are being very much disturbed and damaged by that particular message. Now, in the Bible, there's many... Uh, uh, in the New Testament there's many examples. now remember the woman at the well? you know uh, we're not going to read out a lot and talk a lot but do you, you know the story about how Jesus was tired and he came to this well and and the disciples went into town to get some food and this lady came along and she was getting some water in the middle of the day and she uh, put the uh, her jug down, and Jesus asked her for a drink of water. <laughs> Remember that that story, and uh, uh, and how Jesus touched her life. Remember, he said to her, "Anyone who drinks this water will soon be thirsty again, but those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It's because a fresh." bubbling spring within them it it becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them giving them eternal life that life and i don't know do you remember how she, he gradually gently confronted that lady do you remember that you know he said to her you've had five husbands and the one you're with at the moment isn't your husband at all and, uh, uh, and he, it wasn't, a, you know, a harsh, hard uh, confrontation, but uh, this lady listened and, and Jesus was able to speak into her life. Now, we don't know the end of the story, of course. Uh, the Bible doesn't tell us, but it was a fantastic thing that happened uh, in that event. Or the Zacchaeus, remember? He was the fellow that climbed the sycamore tree to see Jesus. And Jesus said to him, come down, I'm going to dinner with you tonight. And, uh, and, and Jesus again, because he came and touched that man's life, he, uh, uh, Zacchaeus changed his direction in his life. Uh, It changed the way he lived from that point on. Uh, So Jesus does challenges and does want to speak into our hearts and into our lives. Uh, And we have those challenges happen. Now, it happens a bit like that in all sorts of ways. Uh, About 15 years ago, uh, we had a drought year that it was pretty dry, and the <laughs> rains didn't really come very often. And uh, uh, I had to be feeding the sheep every couple of days, and uh, that was a lot of work. And there was, you know, the crops had all been put in and all that sort of thing. But as I went was going down, one day uh, we had this rain gauge, and. Uh, this very innovative little bird had decided, because the rain gauge wasn't actually getting used very much this year, that it was an ideal spot to build its nest. It was just a perfect thing, like it was just like this sort of a shape. And so this bird, I thought really brilliantly, decided that this was the perfect place, so it built its nest because the rain gauge wasn't getting used, it wasn't raining. and uh, So so it built this nest, and as I walked past, yeah, there it was, you know. And I I had this um, uh, friend who was a reporter with the local newspaper, so I told him about it, and he came out and took some photos of it and put it in the local paper (laughs) as well, the story about our little bird. but he was taking a risk. What if it had come a big downpour? That might have been a bit of a problem, mightn't it? So in life, there are risks. Uh, earlier in the year, uh, Sue and I went and visited the town of Kuba I don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> there's a man who's been there as well. Uh, and uh, it's out from uh, Port Augusta. And as you're going up the highway, you come towards Coober Pedy. And it's sort of all desert. There's very little grass or anything like that. And as you come along, you see these little piles of dirt all around every, all around, over the place. And you sort of start to wonder, what's all this about? And, of uh, course, it's all about opals because Coober Pedy is a... Place famous for its opals, and uh, uh, the really they can be really valuable. You know, uh, up to fifteen thousand dollars for one carat. And I worked out, I looked it up, and one carat is about point two of a gram. That's that'd be the ho- uh, highest sort of prices, I think. There's a lot of others that are not near. So the black or red ones. Are, Really valuable, and uh, as you get to Kuba Piti, nearly everything is underground. All the uh, housing <laughs> and uh, uh, and uh, even churches are underground. All sorts of things are underground there, and uh, uh, it's sort of a very different. There's about 1,500 people live there, and uh, but. To get the prize of these precious opals uh, is high risk, you know. Uh, it costs a lot of money for the equipment and machinery. To, you've got to, you deal, dig these um, test cores that go down 15 metres into the ground and you have to get someone to do it unless you've got the machinery and it sort of costs and then they look at what's coming up to see whether, is that the right sort of... Uh, Formations, you know, all that sort of thing, uh, and uh, it's quite a big industry uh, in that part of the world. But they take great risk, uh, and uh, and for the great risk, there is great reward. And it's the same with us about building our house, building our net. You see, uh, sometimes it's quite risky to reach out to someone and, and try and touch their hearts and lives, uh, but the rewards are fantastic when you can work you know, and touch people's lives and we want them, of course, to come and to know uh, our Saviour and to want Him in their lives. Uh, and the examples in Scripture are many. Of how to live this life that can please our Heavenly Father. In Ephesians uh, 4, verse 5, this is what it says Therefore, Paul writes, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God, always be humble and gentle, be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace, for there is one body and one spirit just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. And this morning I thought we might just finish by reading another passage, which is kind of a prayer. And we, so if we could all just bow our heads and ask God to speak into our hearts. And Paul wrote these words in Ephesians 4, uh, verse 14 on this is what he says let's just pray and he says when I think of all this I fall on my knees and pray to the father the creator of everything in heaven and on earth I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ Though it is too great to understand fully, and then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Lord, we just ask that you might touch our hearts and our lives and build something big and important in each one of us. And we pray it in the amazing name of Jesus our Lord now. Amen. Please tune in next week for another uplifting and inspiring message from Grace Chapel. Bye for now.